and in remarkable fashion, the Piss Cats have won two games in a row. On a disclaimer note, I'm apologizing for the fact there wasn't an episode last week. Um, I ain't even going to sugarcoat it. I was just a lazy prick. So, I did still give you all the information you needed, though, that the podcast would have given you that probably didn't help you at all. But, <clears throat> the Piss Cats, yes, I'm fired absolutely north. They won two games in a row, and the Fancy God said, not so fast. Miles Gaskin, who our RB1 is, probably just dies. You know, it's sad, but how it is. Um, he's on the block, if anybody wants him, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Obviously, we didn't have an episode last week, but I already gave you everything, so I'm going to update it from that. And we're going to go from there. But, <clears throat> obviously, it is Thursday. There was no episode yesterday because, once again, I was lazy. Kind of just forcing myself to make this almost because um, I'm not about to let myself succumb to laziness. And I don't think anybody who has, you know, the name of a piss cat should ever succumb to laziness. We know what it's like to be a cat and we know what it means to be a cat. So whatever. Anyways, I'm going to mainly get into our predictions for next week's game first and then we'll do the same old lineup. At some point, these interludes will start putting you guys to sleep. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, because once again, my lazy ass, you know, is being late on this episode, and I'm under somewhat of a time constraint because Thursday night football is, well, about in two hours. I'm under no time constraint. So let's just roll through these um, matchups to speak. We got the Piss Cats. I mean, they're coming off two wins in a row. And I don't think we're making a big enough deal of that as we should. And I think that's mainly because of the Gaskin injury. Like, I ain't even going to lie. Albany is pretty pretty in a dark place right now, you know. We shouldn't be because we're coming off of two straight wins. But we saw that Gaskin injury and we're just like, wow. So, we're fucked. <laughs> there goes all out for nothing. Well, not nothing. But what I'll get for Gaskin is pretty much next to peanuts at this point. So, it's just not ideal for the Piss Cats. And But, I mean, got to grind. Got to grind. Find a way to win. But in that case, my team's a disaster as of right now. Jamal, so much COVID problems and shit. Everything. Everything. It's just stupid. BG's going to fucking rave us. Next, we have Furley and Knack. And I feel like I'm not giving Furley respect because congratulations on your first ever fantasy win last week against Ben. That was a big win. And, you know, you could easily string wins together. But there's some things on the lineup I don't like. And Ayuk not playing. And I just, ah, oh, a lot of stuff can hurt you. I think Knack... I mean, I'm not one to be a projection guy. I ain't even checking projections. I'm literally going out with my notes right now. <clears throat> and I believe that just because Knack's team, or anybody's team for that matter, will ever be projected high 370s and they shit the bed back-to-back weeks, could have just been unlucky, you know? And that's pretty much all it is. You try to put the best lineup you got out there, and if it doesn't work, work the phones. And that's what Knack's been doing. And, I mean, he's 2-6, and six, but... He's at a point right now where I really like his lineup, and we'll get into that later, but I do think Knack has just a better chance of winning this week, so I'm going to give it to him. Next, we got Shark Week versus the Dogfuckers, and I'm going to give it to Joe. I mean, I think Joe is slowly just starting to become a powerhouse. I think we just, the credit wasn't given at the beginning of the year, but suddenly now he's looking, he's just looking like a clear-cut team that 
um, I had a conversation with a select person in the league and we were talking about um, a deal that was maybe going to happen and the person felt they just had to make the deal because there's three guys at the top of the league that they feel they want to compete with and Joe was one of them and I mean I think that is rightfully so I mean Joe has actually built a pretty good team he's avoided injuries for the most part and I think he played his cards right for trades that he's made he's playing like them somewhat safe even the Michael Thomas one is you gotta think safe is maybe not the word for it but I think it was kind of like was Michael Thomas really going to sit out the whole year, like not even play what there's not? That wasn't a chance of happening. That's not a diss on uh, who had him knock at him before. That's not a diss on that. But I'm just thinking that Moose played his cards right in that situation. His, his lineup just looks unbelievable. And after the trades he makes, after the buys, he can take more advantage of that and even add to his roster. So, like, I definitely agree in that. So I'm going to give this one to Joe. Nothing against the dog records. I think they definitely have strong pieces, and they're turning it around slowly and the sooner Dalton gets back, that'll be better for Amari. <clears throat> Next, we have Trends versus Ben. This is a close one, but Ben finally kind of just has, like, his full lineup going for him again. Well, to an extent. And uh, Trends will be missing the Bengals. Is the Bengals on by this week? I might have just fucked that. Let me check. Let me be somewhat caring here. Yeah, so he doesn't have Geo or Mixon, whoever would have played. But, <clears throat> and Brita is questionable also, so I don't know who, maybe, who would go in after that? Because Malcolm Brown's on by. Uh, it's not looking too good. I mean, Ido Smith? Jesus. Anyway, I just think that Ben's got some really, really nice matchups. I mean, Diggs and Beasley I love against Seattle secondary, and I even think that... With Tredavious White expectedly shadowing DK Metcalf, it could actually probably be a pretty good game for Tyler Lockett, too. Uh, I think Ben Ben can pull away. I think his receivers, I don't think he needs his running backs to, you know, just carry him. I think um, the receivers actually have a really good chance to put up big points for him this week. I'm going to just give that one to Ben. Next, we have Neil versus Clark, and I'm going to give it real quick to Clark. I mean, Neil is slowly starting to realize... Well, not realized. Neil knows what it's like to get fucked in fantasy. But this season, the gods are catching up to him. It was only a matter of time. Nobody can outrun the fantasy gods. Not even... Fuck, I don't know. Who's really fast? Hmm. Trunz. Trunz is really fast. And he couldn't even outrun the fantasy gods. So you know what? Sorry, Neller. You weren't going to be able to. Clark's got the good matchups. C-Mac return. <clears throat> Derek Jones just went on the COVID list. I think in terms of run game, Derek Jones is so big for the Chiefs. Like, the guy is literally a game record. It's one thing he is is an amazing pass rusher, but I don't think he gets near enough credit just from watching Chiefs games. That guy can disrupt running lanes. Him alone not being there, I think, can be huge for Carolina up front and maybe C-Mac in his return, actually. You know this guy's been itching to get back on the field. So, I don't know. I think Neller can drop two in a row, and it's probably going to happen. So next, we're going to move on to Legro versus Rich. And in all honesty, <clears throat> Rich, tough loss last week. I mean, he was, um, I don't think he had Deshaun Watson, right? Who was the other guy he had? To, did he even have Deshaun? I mean, my memory is pretty bad, but I don't know. He might have. No, Deshaun was on by. I don't remember who he had the other QB now. Anyway, um... This matchup-wise, it actually looks close. They have a lot of good, but I really think I'm just huge on Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown. Those were guys I drafted that I unfortunately had to deal 
going back, fuck, I mean, I didn't have much of a choice, I guess, in the deals I was presented, but fuck, I really shouldn't have ever dealt those guys, period. But um, I really think that there's a good chance David Johnson has a good game against Jacksonville. And Zach Moss actually slowly starting to come into his own. James Conner should tear up Dallas. I mean, I just think compared to the running back situation we got going on and Rich's side with Hasty Pirine and I mean Camara should be good against Tampa. But I'm just gonna I lean I lean because and then you compare the receivers right. It's Metcalf, Eman solid, but then Deontay Johnson like if he can walk by Sunday will be the question. So. I think I'm just going to give this one to Leg. I think Leg, soon you're going to change your name, man. Because, I mean, are you that superstitious? Because you might have, like, two straight wins here. That's not five straight losses. So, yeah, you suck. Anyway, we're going to move on to my power rankings. Um, Last week's power rankings, if you wanted to see them, I posted them. In uh, the group chat, pretty much we're all in on Facebook. Pretty sure we all know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, I doubt anybody gives a fuck that much to go back and check for them. But I think everybody saw them. Anyways, we're going to move on. We're going to do these weeks. And we're at number 12, despite coming off a win, I still have Furley there just because this week, Knack's matchup just looms large against him. And I know he is, if he wins though, Knack stays at two wins. Next power rankings is going to get a little little hectic. I'm going to be scratching my head a lot. But um, I think keeping Furley at 12 after a win against Ben is kind of debatable. But it's like, I won two and I'm at 11. And I know I told somebody earlier in the week what I do for power rankings is I'll take everybody who has the same record and I will group them together and rank them that way. Um, on certain occasions, though, I just try to use my better judgment. Like, if I really do think a 2-6 and six team has better pieces than a 3-5 and five team, or they don't have as many injuries and the other guy's dealing with it, like, I will just, I don't really care that much. It's more so the fact, like, if somebody's undefeated, I think they deserve their respect and they should be at the top. Um, you know, if someone doesn't have wins, then they're going to be at the bottom. Even though that one week, <laughs> I actually put myself at the bottom over Furley because he dropped more than me. But you know what I mean. It's just shit like that. That being said, I have Clark at 10. And Clark does have a better record than Knack, but I do have Knack at 9. And the reason for that is, I mean, I just don't know if Lev is going to get a near or course role in KC. I think that's maybe somewhat been evident so far. I know it's only been, like, really, what, one game, two games? I don't even know, but you would like to maybe see more. I mean, I would imagine they just want to keep both of those guys' legs fresh throughout the game. It would only be smart for Kansas City. Why on earth would you run one of those guys into the ground and then have to run the other guy into the ground when one gets hurt? doesn't really make sense to keep both those guys healthy and Kansas City immediately is probably my favorites for the Super Bowl again because I don't really see many weak spots on that team um especially offensively adding weapons like you know Le'Veon Bell it's just like I don't really think though he's just to the point where Kansas City needs to abuse him um I think there's some cer- certain situations that have to pan out in Clark's favor although I really do like Christian McCaffrey I think C-Mac is just what obviously together just my opinion, the best fantasy asset there is. So don't forget about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he will, you know, make everybody remember. But um, that I just have Clark at 10 right now. He's just in a bit of a rough situation. Had an L last week. And um, I think overall he has to bounce back this week. But then we have Knack at 9, as I said earlier. Knack, I think, just has the pieces 
Um, I think he's kind of dealt a lot of players away that he was just kind of over. You know, he's just like, I don't want anything to do with the situation anymore. And I think in fantasy football, that's something that you actually need to do. And I think overall, his lineup actually doesn't even look even half that bad at all. I don't think there's a way that if that team does drop under 300, listen, it happens to everybody. You just got to work the phones again. Or you just got to look at the matchups for next week. You just, you know, on paper, nobody can tell Knack that his team is bad. As of right now, it's really, really not that terrible. I've seen, look at my team. So it's like, he definitely has a chance to string wins together and that tells him into playoffs. At eight, we have Leg. And I mean, Leg came off an impressive win. And I think things are kind of starting to look, you know, up for Leg. And Corey Davis is somewhat panning out. If he eventually probably will move Corey Davis, and he the more Corey Davis value you know goes, he just holds on to it, and we'll see what he goes from there. But AJ Brown and McLaurin are guys I love. His running backs are solid, and I think he's Kelsey too, right? Yeah, so it's like he's in a good position. I think playoff wise, he can actually make a pretty solid push and end up squeaking in there. At seven, we have the dog fuckers. I think the dog fuckers are still just a really balanced team, top to bottom. I think they have. A lot of running backs that get touches and receivers that get work. So it's kind of just like, um, it's just a matter of if they show up or not that week. I can't really look at his team and say like, oh, I would want to fix that or I would want to fix that. Because really all those positions, they are guys who are fantasy relevant. And I think that's a big thing in a league like us. When you look in FA and there's not a single guy who's fantasy relevant, right? If you have an opportunity to have a full lineup of guys who you know, you know, will be touching the ball, then there you go. Other than that, doesn't really make sense to just um, bank on teams or say teams are good. If you just look at a guy in their lineup and you're like, okay, man, like, uh, that guy is just, he's banking on that guy getting like two or three touches maybe. You know, like nobody really deals with that. But in certain situations, you definitely want to avoid that. But just looking at the dog fuckers lineup every week, they really don't have a lot of guys in their lineup that you're just like, okay, well, that guy's just not going to get any points, period. Or that guy's a dud. I mean, I think just they have a lot of guys who um, are just kind of maybe in a crap situation. Amari is a big one. And I don't really like Ronald Jones. I think Fournette is slowly just starting to take over there now. But it's something to watch. But yeah, I just got the fuckers. It's lucky number seven. And then we got Rich at six. Um, lost to me, but at the same time, Rich's team on paper I think is still fine. I think LaMichael Pirine uh, just has to maybe outperform Gore in a sense. And hasty to the other Niners running backs until that situation gets figured. Like, he has guys who are getting work at running back, which I think is important in his situation. Um, I think just eventually he's got to try. I, at first, I didn't care. But it's like, I think it's kind of proven that Lat Murray is slowly becoming like a boomer bust option, but it's not like a boom like the one that Steel Plant made last night at 2 in the morning. It's more so of one, like, 20 points. And that's like, if that's going to be the ceiling... That's something that I think you should upgrade. But I don't know. I still think he has other options that he could look into. But I still think he's in a healthy position come playoff time. He's 4-4, four and four, so he shouldn't have to worry too much about that right now. Uh, number five, we got Trinkler Brinkler. And I'm pretty sure Trinkler Brinkler is hoping that Mixon just gets better. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Giovanni Bernard. But at the same time, it's like, why is Samaj P. Ryan all of a sudden getting work? Like, I would prefer Gio just be the workhorse until Mixon gets back. Um, but at the same time, it's like they're on bye this week. That's kind of irrelevant. I still think that T.Y. Hilton's just an awful situation. Uh, something's got to be done over there. But I like Thielen and 
Crowder when he's healthy. I love Crowder. It's just more so of just guys, you know, just not boning the Trinkler Brinkler and staying healthy more so. Um, number four sticking there is still BG. I mean, he did beat Knack last week. I mean, he did have a lot of, a couple guys. I think who, who pretty much by the end of the week, he was just missing Carson. But he still had, you know, obviously that's a big loss to any team, but still pulled out the win. I think it's just more so the fact that Moose is also still 5-3 and three and also coming off a win. And it's just like, I just look at Moose's team on paper and it's like, as of right now, I think he's got that advantage and I'm sticking Moose at three still. As I said earlier, Neil is definitely getting caught up to by the fantasy gods. But I'm just thinking it's like no no one on that team is like a season-ending injury or anything like that. So it's more so like he's got the wins to sacrifice anything right now, even if it's just fucking waiting for guys to get healthy. He somehow has the depth and, you know, he's making it work. So I'm not really concerned about Neil going forward. And, of course, I'm keeping Ben at one. He did lose last week, but now he's got his QBs. Uh, finally got that QB situation um, settled down. I think it'll be an underrated fact that his running backs will when all healthy, will be um, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, and he'll also have Devonta Freeman at flex. Uh, he has really good options at receiver, too. So, yeah, I mean, Ben, I just think right now, is at the top. I think that maybe when Neil is healthy, he definitely, it's a toss-up. But I just think those four running backs propel. Well, maybe not Freeman as much, but the other three are guys that can just absolutely go for 40-plus easily. So... Um, I think that's a hard team to beat, and I don't think there's any reason to not think Ben is the best team as of right now still. And, yeah, I mean, that's good. Well, shit. It's time for well shit. So, um, I'm not going to try to, like, get super in-depth about well shit, uh, Last week, though, I don't really entirely remember. I think I said Judy was going to have a good week, which he did. CD, at first, looked like he was coming out to a good start with Danucci, and then it just fell apart. <laughs> and I honestly didn't really think Danucci was fucking going to be whatever the hell that was, man, in my defense. And I thought that they were actually going to try to get ways to get CD the ball, just because Danucci was that shit. But the guy literally couldn't even get CD the ball. Anyway, he's done now, so we haven't got to worry about that. As for the other guy, I think it's Daryl Henderson. He, he was also playing very good before he left the game with an injury, but he's good now. I don't remember my shits, though. I erased them already. But, who knows. Anyway, for well this week, I got Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has kind of had a, you know, Undertaker-like coming back to life type shit at the casket. Like, the guy's back. I think this that well mainly depends if your quarterback is Chase Daniel or Matt Stafford on Sunday. But Marvin Jones seems to actually have worked his way back into the receiver rotation and taking majority of snaps and actually just performing and doing something with his targets. So that's a that's a good turnaround for Knack there that Marvin Jones had. And I know you're listening. This does not mean I want Marvin Jones in literally every single deal as a throw and keep Marvin Jones for now. If I do need him, I'll let you know. But for Christ's sake, man. Marvin Jones is if I see him in a deal again, I just won't be happy. Hollywood Brown is my next well. Um The guy was vocal after last week. I think the I think it's gonna be known um this might be something far fetched to think, but um Lamar Jackson I think is a guy who wants to keep everybody around him happy. He wants to keep his receivers happy. Um you know, everybody. 
I think that Marquise Brown, you know, hey, later day B, maybe he's got a little bit of mouth in that family. But you know what? I think this is definitely going to be a week. Despite the fact it's Indianapolis defense, I think Marquise Brown really has a good advantage with a deep threat against Indianapolis corners. They're a really good run defense. They haven't played a really um, elite-level offense yet. So I would honestly think that Marquise Brown has a good chance to pop off after only going for one touchdown last week. And um, it's not like the targets haven't been there. It's not like it's, it's just not... I don't know how to really explain it, really, but for a guy who's a deep threat, you would just expect maybe one or one or two um, to see one or two of those a game. But the Ravens' offense in a game like that against the Steelers, they were really kind of stagnant, and they were kind of just trying to keep the game in front of them, keep the game in the box, and let Lamar work that way. Um, but I think overall, it was kind of just like what to expect from Hollywood going forward, I think is still the same you would expect from him, even, you know, if they call up Dez, if they don't call it, whatever the case may be, Hollywood should still be, in my opinion, um, a low wide receiver too. So I think it's kind of just like, um, maybe a high three, I don't know. But it's just like, I think Hollywood turns it around this week. I don't know, it's my feeling that Lamar's gonna wanna keep Hollywood happy. Lamar will want Hollywood's boy, Judy's his other boy. He wants to keep the kids happy, right? He'll feed him the ball. I don't expect maybe feed, force feed him a million targets, but he wants a guy to get some fucking stats probably. So overall, obviously they want to win, but I think Hollywood will be involved. Um, my next well is Cole Beasley against that secondary in Seattle that just can't seem to figure it out right now. Um, they're the ranked 32nd. So um, I could say Diggs, obviously too, but Diggs I feel is just like the obvious pick, obvious pick and Beasley's coming off a bad week. I think that... Even if the um, Seahawks offense can get off to a hot start and they get a lead at any point and Buffalo's has to start throwing that ball, Cole Beasley is always good in those type of games. And against his secondary, I actually completely expect Cole Beasley to have a good performance. Shit, Jordan Howard. Do I have to say anything about that? No, even with everybody else dead, Gaskin dead, Breed is actually fucking mispracticed. Man, your next top guy to battle you for targets is DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird. Let me repeat, DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird. And if you go on to fancy Twitter anywhere, everybody fancies those two over Jordan Howard. I think it's sad because Jordan Howard was six points guaranteed every week. But we're bringing back this segment everybody wants to hear. And I think you're going to hear game ball. No, it's how shit will Jordan Howard do this week. And... um. Truth be told, it's actually a tough one because I don't really know how exactly they're going to work all those running backs into the mix. I mean, truthfully, I don't know if uh, Arizona's run D has been that good. I think 22nd is what, well, Gaskins is 22nd, but he's dead, so who knows. Um, At the same time, I think from Jordan Howard, we are going to get two carries for... Three yards. See, I was thinking, I almost said seven, but I'm like, you know what? If by some miracle Jordan Howard actually gets like five yards on a carry, they actually might give him another one. So that usually just doesn't happen. So I think he'll get like two yards for three carries, and yeah, he's shit. Anyway, my next one is Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones, I think, is slowly, as I said earlier, starting to lose his job to Fournette. And I think that could almost be best case for Adam if you just get full-on workhorse Fournette. That's like an RB1 right there. High RB2, like low RB1. So it's like... 
especially in a Tom Brady offense, right? Um, with all those targets, like they cannot focus on the run in Tampa. They just can't. There's just way too many options, Tom. And when a team tries to focus in on the run, Tom knows where to go immediately with a pass anyway. So, um, it kind of just to me is just like Ronald Jones needs to keep doing shit with his touches to even like stay in this race because Fournette is looking good pretty much whenever he touches the ball and his ankle doesn't seem to be a problem anymore so I think like Ronald Jones you still gotta play him but I think like you gotta be a little careful I think he's just coming back down to earth now maybe even might lose majority of touches so let's see what happens shit Jarek McKinnon I mean yeah he does play in what another fucking hour or so but if you're dealing with dead legs, my guy, or tired legs, whatever the hell it was, hey, I just want nothing to do with you. Like, just, and Jarek McKinnon is always hurt. We knew Jarek McKinnon. The Niners as well, these guys were just dead all the time. But I mean, like, Jesus Christ, man. Dead legs. <laughs> Fucking dead legs. Anyway, I mean, like, I ain't the type to use Anchor Podcast as my diary, but Miles Gaskin's on the block, and... Um, so is, you know, everybody. Um, in Albany, they were expecting a parade after the two wins in a row. And, um, basically on the ride back to Albany, they found out that Gaskin would be missing three or more games. He was on IR and the boys, just everybody, Albany, everybody was just defeated. They had that sense of just defeat despite winning. And um, it's definitely something the Piss Cats are going to have to work on going forward. I think the locker room right now as a whole, it's just nobody's got any confidence right now. They were excited of where we were as a team, and now they're not. So it's just not good. Fuck.